0: Welcome to the Vulnerable Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Almeida. Each week we'll share inspiring stories and tips on facing vulnerability and the lessons we can use to help us be able to find success and fulfillment in our own lives. With each episode, we hope to impact one listener. And if anything you've heard has impacted you, we'd appreciate you sharing it on social. Thank you for listening. Now let's get vulnerable. Henry Ford said, Failure is simply the opportunity begin again, this time more intelligently. This is episode 35 of the Vulnerable Podcast with Mario Franchella. Going into his teen years, he came to a crossroads realizing that his life would take one of two paths, either something in the food service industry or manual labor. Not finishing school made him feel like his choices were limited. After spending time in the restaurant industry and working his way up, he decided he was going to go off on his own. He started a catering company with the belief that he was going to be successful, and that he would become a millionaire. But only a year in, he realized how little he knew about running a company. He would end up on the verge of bankruptcy and lose it all. The most painful part of failing wasn't the failure itself. It was having to turn to his family and admit his mistakes. In his words, it was needed to humble himself. His failing business would also leave a feeling of shame and disappointment that lasted for the next 20 years of his life and stop him from venturing into entrepreneurship for quite some time. After returning to the kitchen and working 80 hour weeks, it would be a mentor that started to shift his mindset. This would be the beginning of him stepping back into entrepreneurship and learning the skills he needed to be successful this time around. Now he's the owner of MJF solutions, helping businesses with their sales, lead generation and branding. He's also a speaker using his passion for storytelling to motivate and inspire others to follow their dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get vulnerable with Mario Franchella. Hey, Mario, thank you for coming on the Vulnerable Podcast. Um, you're a uh, somebody I met through another friend, um, Ryan, or a mutual friend of ours. And um, you know the the connection that I've built with you through Facebook over the last couple of months, and the content that you post has definitely helped me get through some times and through through some mindset changes. And I appreciate that, and I appreciate you coming on today and being willing to share your story with us.
1: I appreciate it. Uh, and thank you for reaching out. Uh, I've watched a lot of your podcasts. I'm excited to be on one.
0: <laughs> awesome. So the first question I like to ask every guest is what is your definition of vulnerability?
1: Um, that's a, it's such a deep rooted question, but I, w- I would have to say it's, it's being honest with yourself before anything. Um, a lot of people that I know is they're, they're vulnerable, but they're not vulnerable in, the, in their truest form. So I don't think people are fully honest or they're not fully descriptive with their vulnerability. And I think it's, it's, it's having enough faith and trust that whoever or whatever you're opening up to uh, isn't going to crush what you're, what you're saying. You know, vulnerability is a scary thing because it's, it's opening the door to weakness. So I would, uh, I would definitely say it's, it's having enough faith and trust in yourself that it doesn't matter what anyone else views or thinks of that vulnerability, you still stay true to yourself.
0: Awesome. I I love how all these definitions are so different and so individual because, you know, I've been saying I said this in the last couple of podcasts about a couple of the questions that I have throughout this is the fact that all these words and all these things that I ask people have very specific definitions if you look them up. But then yet we as humans have our own way of looking and thinking about things. So um, awesome definition. So. What would you say? You know, would be your earliest memory of of facing some sort of vulnerability or struggle in your life?
1: Um, definitely, there's a lot. Uh, I would say I'll I'll tell you my first professional moment of of pure vulnerability and struggle is um, I spent a lot of years working in the restaurant industry prior to being an entrepreneur. Uh, I didn't have much kind of a way as direction or education, so I just figured I'd be either doing manual labor like the rest of my family or You know, something along those lines that didn't require a lot of thinking because I never viewed myself as an intelligent or an ambitious person because I didn't finish school. So uh, it would be when I I got in the restaurant industry, I worked really hard. I ended up opening up my own catering company and I thought that that's it. I was going to be a millionaire. I told everyone this is to. I'm going to make it. I'm going to do everything. And I knew nothing about money. I knew nothing about business. I knew nothing about how to structure things, how to pay taxes. And then uh, my business partners ended up getting greedy and taking advantage of my lack of knowledge. And I had to basically tell my family that after a year I was, you know, struggling. I needed money. I was going to go bankrupt. I lost everything because I just didn't know how to maintain what I had. I spent way more than I made and I was living a lifestyle that wasn't authentic and real and it just caught up to me and I lost everything. So having to tell my family that I was a failure, it's something that I basically said I was going to make it you know, you better believe in me and uh, having to be honest with them and tell them that I just didn't know what I was doing and I screwed up big time.
0: Yeah, I can, uh, I can sort of relate <laughs> in the last uh, year or so trying to start my own business. I've, I've faced a lot of the same struggles and um, you know, I, I don't, I can't say that I've spoken to my family yet, but I'm still trying to, to make things work out, I think. So uh, maybe I'll have to have that conversation as well soon. So what, what would you say helped you overcome that situation? Like, was it just having the, the sort of the willingness and strength to go to your family and, and be honest with them? Or was there other things that sort of helped you get through it?
1: I think, um, I never really looked at an outside source as a, as a, as a means of strength, but I needed to be honest with them just because I was, uh, I was a pretty arrogant little kid. And, uh, so I was very cocky and them telling me, you know, go to school, get an education and. I said, no, I'm going to do it my way. And I thought I had it and I thought I was ready to do it. And so it wasn't so much that I I, I learned a lot from the incident, but talking to my family was more of just, a, you know, humble yourself. You're, you, you need to grow up a little bit. So that wasn't so much what pushed me, but I'm also a very stubborn person. And um, I think it's because of my my, my lack of book smarts. in at that time in my life, now I, I read a lot. Of, you can see behind me.
0: Uh,
1: but at that time, I, I, I wasn't. So I, I I was naive enough to think that, hey, it's not over. I'm still young, I can still do it. So I just kept pressing. And I guess I didn't really care too much what people thought. So I leaned on every single network and connection that I made as a, as a owning my catering company and doing everything. And I just wouldn't accept no as an answer. I just I wanted to make it so bad that I just did not care what anyone thought. I'd rather the whole world say no to me before I stopped. So I just think it just came down to just sheer will. Um, I guess ambition that that started to develop and that that taste of success that I had. I just got kind of a hunger for it and I didn't want to let it go.
0: No. So what, what strength would you say you discovered in yourself? I mean, you named a whole bunch there, but is there for one specific s- strength?
1: Yeah, I would say persistency was like the driving force. I just, I was so persistent. Like I I did, nothing could stop me. I truly, truly believed that there was not a single thing that could stop me at that time.
0: No, I, I think that's something that you need to be, definitely, you know, coming to where you're at now being an entrepreneur, I, I think that if you don't have persistence and resilience that you'll fail much quicker and you may not even learn from your failure either, which is the, yeah. the one of the biggest things that, one of the biggest mistakes I think a lot of people make is they think they failed and I'm done and I can't do it and, you know, they give up and that's it. Whereas if you have that persis- persistence and you have that perseverance and all that, you you end up pushing through and and going a lot further than than most people would, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship. So you know, what what would you say the toll that that sort of that situation of of you know having the business fail, having people take advantage of you, what sort of toll would you say that that, that took on you, uh, you know, emotionally, physically? I, I mean, I can only imagine that, you know, you probably lost some sleep and stuff like that, like a lot of us might. Um, what, what would you say uh, sort of happened because of all that? Uh,
1: it, it deeply affected me. Like it, it, I think it affected my relationship with my family, uh, my friends, because I handled it so poorly. And that's why I'm such an advocate now for people to just be authentic in their business and what they're doing and what they create because they don't realize the bridges they're burning. And I think um, the toll that it took on me was uh, I, I, a lot of, I felt like really ashamed and embarrassed for my actions and how I was. And now, even to this day, there's certain friends that I don't talk to them about my business. I don't, you know, there's certain family members I love them with all my heart, but I don't talk to them about my life or my business because of the, the the embarrassment that I think I went through at that time, they're probably over it. But uh, there's certain parts that I guess I, I still live with that regret. So I haven't gotten over it. And it's funny, a lot of people give you advice, you know, just get over things, just move on. But, you know, we're, we're human beings and sometimes emotions take over. And now I'm, I'm, I'm happy with where I am and where I'm headed and, and the direction of my business is. But I still don't talk to a lot of people about what I do just like as a hey you know what I'm just going to separate these two things in my life so it took a a toll for the better part of 20 years it really affected my communication with certain people
0: no and I mean it's something that that's something that I, I find I'm hearing a lot recently is that um, we don't tend to maybe deal with things that have happened to us in the past in the best way and we tend to let them sort of you know hang on to us for a long period of time like you said 20 years of of just sort of having that shame and everything you know stick with you and, and maybe even slow you down in some ways yeah. I, I just constantly hear that and I don't I I, I mean I, I could say I probably you know did did some of the same things without even recognizing it and that's one of the interesting things about doing this podcast is as people share their stories it also helps me learn and think about my own past because I mean, for you know, good part of about fifteen years, I tied my identity to being a sales guy, and that's all I thought I knew how to do, and, and that's all I thought I was ever going to do, and, and you know, when I when I got like go from my job uh, a few years ago, one of the last sales jobs I've had there was a definitely huge amount of shame on me and thinking like, you know, what did I waste all that time? What am I doing? Like what's wrong with me? You know, all these sort of things that necessarily aren't true, but just the, you know, the unfortunate part of the situation brings your mind to that place of just thinking you're the one that sucks and there's something wrong with you when that's might not even be the case, you know? So, so how would you say that like, I'm just trying to, you know, understand, you know, like, so you, you, you try this sort of, um, you know, this try it entrepreneurship, starting your catering company and all that kind of stuff. Why, why would you try and become an entrepreneur again? Just out of, you know, if, if it, if it made you feel that way, if it brought you sort of that place in your life, yeah. I'm just curious because I'm sure there's a lot of other people out there that have tried and failed and maybe not tried again, but what made you decide I got to continue going down this road? To be
1: honest, I fought it. And, um, it's one of those things that I I, I swore I would never do. I went back to working in a regular kitchen and 80 hours a week, just cooking after that. And just kind of buried myself in the back in there and just kind of went to work. And I never thought about entrepreneurship really again. Um, But through reaching out to a lot of the business clients that I had to let them know that I no longer had the catering company, I had to cancel some contracts. Um, A lot of them were obviously disappointed, which really, made not wanting to get into entrepreneurship even easier. Cause I'm like, yeah, this was not the right. Place. <laughs> um, but then one individual, his name was Mick Elliott owned a really successful marketing firm. And uh, he said, he goes, but I loved your charisma and everything. I go, have you ever thought about a different career in business? And I said, you know, Mick, I don't have a ton of education for that. I don't really know how business works. I just failed. I just went bankrupt. And he said, well, successful people go bankrupt all the time. You're making your story right now. You'd be a pretty terrible entrepreneur if everything went perfect right from the beginning. And it opened my eyes and he ended up leaving, you know, Toronto. He came out to see me in my little town of Stouffville where I was born. And he sat with me and went through everything. He taught me uh, a lot of stuff. And I ended up mentoring with him under, uh, I'd say for the next five or six years. And he just taught me a lot about business and sales and really, really, you know, allowed me to gain my confidence because I didn't think I could do any of that. I was a good talker, but, you know, I came from an Italian family. We were used to talking loud, and you didn't have that shame when you when you talk, and he saw more in it than that. So it was pushed upon me because somebody saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself, and then once my, my confidence matched my skill set, everything started to fall into place.
0: I think that that 's a huge message message for people to listen to. I mean mentors and coaches and there 's there 's a sort of a you even posted the other day on Facebook about coaches and there's there 's one of the' there 's there's a, a weird stigma you know around it and i don 't know what it is I, I know I made a comment on your post speaking of you know like why I think so many people are trying to become coaches and why you have to be sort of careful, but at the same time, I do think there 's value in mentors and coaches. I mean you right there right. just made that point right there in saying that that one person. Completely shifted the way you thought about yourself, your confidence, and and sort of gave you new direction, you know, in in where you were going to go moving forward. So, I mean, yeah, I just again, I, I think that's a huge message because I think too many of us feel like we have to do it alone. And although entrepreneurship is sort of a a lonely battle, um, I think there is definitely you know we have to recognize that we need help, and and we have to not be so ashamed to maybe ask for it. I don't know if, if you agree on that or
1: I do fully. I think. Uh, when I made that post, it's, it's because I feel like mentorship and coaches and leaders have become so diluted. You know, this was an individual that wasn't a coach, he wasn't a leader, he was a very successful business person. And he didn't take on people. You know, he didn't just say, oh, I'm going to cancel my business, and I'm going to start charging $5.99 and teaching a generic approach to business and success that you can get from any of these books behind me for $1.99. And he took me under his wing and said, this kid could be a lot of value to my company one day. I'm going to teach him a ton of stuff because I recognize where he is and I used to be there too. So it was more of a pay it forward than it was, uh, you know, a coach and and a student or or a mentor and a student. So I just feel that it is so important that people do their research. And sometimes, like I said, in that post, the best mentors are not people that are mentors or coaches. They're people that have either overcome a challenge that you're currently struggling with or reached a level of success that you want to achieve. You know, listen, all the best to anybody who, who strives for success. I just think authenticity has really taken a back step in business. No. And I, uh, I, think, I think we got to really shape up because it's the easiest time in the world to start a business, but it's the, it's, the, it's the most difficult time to achieve success in it because people are not doing it correctly anymore, I don't think.
0: No, I, I completely agree. And, and that's a great way to sort of look at the whole mentorship relationship in terms of just like, for me, I, I would say that this podcast and all the guests that I have on are mentors for me, because from what you just said there about learning from other people and their struggles and the things that they've gone through, that's what I'm doing pretty much every time I record an episode. <laughs> um, so So yeah, it's a great way to look at it. And then even in terms of you know, um, what you were saying there about this person who's like super successful and yet, you know, just decided to give you their time without you asking for it or something. I mean, that's again, you know, one of those things where I think we're afraid to talk to those people because we see them as successful. And I, I also get, um, when you were talking about sort of how we're afraid to be authentic, one thing that that sort of sparked in my head is the whole thing of social media. Um, I don't know if that's something you think about as well, but I feel like what you're in, what you're saying there is that because we see, you know, people post all these great successes and these, you know, nice things on, on Instagram or wherever it might be on social, we get this sort of, uh, idea that they're super successful, but they might not be, uh, they might not be, showing their most authentic side or the most authentic part about entrepreneurship and how they got there.
1: Yeah. It's just, I came from an era where I had to grind and hustle before cell phones, before uh, social media was available. You know, when I started my catering company, I was door knocking 50, 60 doors a day, a hundred doors a day. If I had to door knock 500 a day, I would have, it's that grind taught me everything. Now, social media, if I post, I don't think I've ever sold anything on social media in my life. I just post, <laughs> I inspire, I, I, I share my thoughts. People can listen. They can think I'm crazy. It's irrelevant. It, it doesn't affect my business. And I think for a lot of these entrepreneurs, if, if social media went away tomorrow, they'd be very lonely. Depression would hit very hard because they've become so accustomed and, and like that need for likes and recognition and validation. Has become so strong that their whole business foundation is based on it. And that's a, a scary thing. So I think you have to understand that business is not one of those things that uh, is always public. The, the hardest part about business is what people don't see. And because people don't talk about it, a lot of these entrepreneurs are not getting the best advice. It's so easy to stand out in business nowadays. I call it the Gary V effect, where basically... <laughs> Gary doesn't care if he's right or wrong. He just says the opposite of what everyone's saying and it's enough. So if everyone is saying life is short, Gary's saying life is long. And that's enough for people to be like, mind blown. (laughs) So as long as you're just different from every carbon copy person out there, you don't even have to be good. You just have to be different. And I think that's the biggest issue with entrepreneurship because people's basing their opinions on other people without actually ever experiencing the action themselves they're not putting themselves out there they're just making a conclusion by you know different books that they read or different people that they watch on youtube and they're creating this image of success in business and they're just molding it around that and they're they're developing their thoughts based on someone else's thoughts but no one's actually going out there to do it Like if we were to sit together and I were to say, hey, let me teach you some stuff about sales. I promise you, you can never Google the information I give you. But that's based on a 23-year lifetime I've spent in sales. I've been in sales my entire life. So if I were to give you something on sales right now, I guarantee you can't Google that information. But if I can Google the information you're giving me, one of us is not needed here.
0: No, for sure. I mean, life experience I think can definitely... Um, help a lot more than what we can Google or watch on YouTube 100%. And, and uh, you know, people can't see me. But that whole time you we were talking, I had this huge grin on my face. And it's because it just sort of brought me back to, you know, again, starting my business a, a couple of years ago. And I went through that same thing of like, you know, I was posting on social and telling people, you know, this is how, you know, you can be successful and you just have to start. And, you know, my company's doing this, my company's doing that. And in the background, I was like, you know, crapping my pants because a lot of the stuff that I was putting out there, it, it wasn't not happening, but it wasn't happening the way that I was putting it out there. And so I ended the
1: information up wrong. You were yeah. right with the information, but there's just a, it comes out differently when you've done it and experienced it and tested it. It just, no, you sure. can tell it in somebody's tone.
0: No, I, I, again, I agree. And it's why I've taken so long away from social media and, and I'm just starting to creep back in because now I'm starting to see, you know, like, what I've actually learned and how I can take what I've actually learned and pass it on as a message to other people. And like you said, it's because I've actually experienced it. I've actually stepped back and looked at myself and looked at where I want to go and what I want to do and how I got to where I'm at right now and so on and so forth. So I I couldn't agree more. So everything we've talked about up until this point in the, the interview, how would you say, you know, everything from failing to, you know, getting the mentorship, everything that's happened, how would you say it's all helped you get to where you are right now with your business and and what's going on right now? It's
1: necessary. Foundation isn't built with weak bricks. And if you don't go through those tough times, it's almost impossible. I watch so many good people that when I say good people, I mean hardworking, ambitious people that they're just so afraid of the failure because they assume that that's the end result you know, that's the end game is failure. And that failure is what, you know, develops that strength to keep going. And because so many people avoid it, it becomes really tough. So when you're going through the, the the crap, and you're going through the tough times, yeah, it's the worst, you can't see through it, you can't see the benefit, you just have to survive. And then once you survive it, you just develop an inner strength that wasn't there previously. And then, you know, you're going to get hit with something bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's, it's just the name of the game. You have to do that. I was watching. um, I forgot who it was. One entrepreneur was saying that at any given time, he has 125 court cases going on at once at any given time with his multiple companies, he's being sued uh, 125 different times at at any given time. And he, this is individual that's totally loving his life, totally loving his businesses, but that's the reality of it. And I think when you tell people that you're, you're getting sued, or I think if you tell people that you're failing or something didn't work, you're so concerned with what all these masses of people that are following you are going to think that you don't broadcast it or you try to avoid it. And that's why people just like, they're spinning their wheels. They're not getting to the next level. You know, video games, you have to beat a boss to get to the next level. and, And people keep you know pressing reset before they reach the end (laughs) they're playing the easy level over and over again that they know that they can pass and they never challenge themselves
0: no that's one way to relate it for sure i never would have thought about it that way myself but it is true i mean i'm thinking back to like you know good old mario days on my nintendo and it's true at the end of Yeah, at the end um, of every single one, you had to face that guy who you couldn't go any further. And if you didn't, yeah, you reset. But yeah, <laughs> It's just a great whole, way to relate it. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It just doesn't no. work
1: like that in real life. You don't get a reset button all the time. <laughs> you got to deal with your your issues and your problems. And I think uh, it's, I wouldn't say that we're, we're in a soft generation. I know a lot of people say that. I don't think it's soft. I just think the knowledge that's out there is very poor. And uh, I don't think people are getting the right advice because they're listening to mentors and coaches and you know authorities in their fields that have never gone through what they're saying there's people that are famous just from teaching they've never actually done the stuff that they're teaching but they've accumulated enough knowledge to put together something and i just think that um you got to be very careful with the information you're getting I'll, i'll tell you right now i think a person who reads one book applies everything and goes out there and fails for the next 10 years will be far more successful than a person who reads a thousand books, applies nothing, goes to a bunch of courses with people who've never done work and try to duplicate what they're telling them because it's all bad advice. Yeah. So no. I don't think I d I don't think a lot of the, the I think the the we're a very knowledgeable generation, but we're not intelligent, if that makes sense.
0: No, it does. And I think a it's also sorry?
1: No, we know a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean anything.
0: And and I, and I would say that again, going back to the whole social media thing, I think a lot of that's probably due to the fact that there's just so much information out there. I mean, I, when I, I, I didn't get on Instagram for like years, like I think I've only been on it for maybe the last year and a half, two years at the most. And when I first got on there, you know, it was just like, follow everybody and, and just, you know, like check out all this stuff. And then I realized there's way too much information. There's way too much time being wasted. There's a lot of crap information as well. And so I reduced, you know, who I followed because It can, that can happen for sure, where you're just, you're taking in so much information from so many different sources that it ends up just being more confusing than it does helpful. So I I definitely agree. One thing that I sort of took from what you said about, you know, when you fail, you can get caught up in the fact that you failed and let it bring you down and, and, you know, you can't see through it and everything like that. Would you say that, you know, when you decided to get back into entrepreneurship and decided to start the company you have now? would you say that there was any reflection that you did uh, on the past or would you say that you just sort of, you know, left that failure behind and just sort of move forward?
1: I, um, I don't know, like I can't speak for everyone, but you know, a lot of people say don't live in the past, but man, that's where all the lessons are. So absolutely. I was a lot more humble when I started my next company. I'm a lot more humble now when I give advice and, and help people. I don't ever brag about anything anymore. So yeah, I learned a lot. And I'm always keeping those lessons in the back of my mind because it's easy to get caught up. So I, I, I remember that feeling of telling my family, you know, that I failed and that I did this because a lot of them put money into that and they never got it back. And it was a, it was a tough situation. So yeah, I, I absolutely reflect on all of that stuff constantly. I've come to terms with it. I'm okay with it now. So I don't reflect on it to get over it i reflect on it as a constant reminder because habits you know i don't know if you ever heard that saying where it takes 21 days to break a habit i don't yeah, know yeah
0: so i've heard a lot of different things around habits recently I mean, to be I honest
1: it's, it's all bullshit i think it takes one <laughs> second to change a habit but a lifetime to maintain it like an alcoholic will always think about drinking for the rest of their life
0: yeah
1: they just develop the will not to do it so the mistakes that you make as an entrepreneur, it's not about learning from that habit. It's making a decision not to repeat that habit, but you live with that for the rest of your life. You have to understand that this is, was a part of me. This happened. It's my choice now if I want to repeat it. And, uh, it's just like fighting any addiction because if you are who you are and you have to realize if you want to get better, you can't read a book or, or, or listen to motivational posts every day and think it's going to magically change your DNA It's about every day reflecting on, I want to be this person that I'm reading about. You know, I had a really bad mentor for 10 years of business. And I followed this individual because I thought that they were, you know, the end all and be all. And I I tell people, sometimes you never want to really get to know your idols because it'll really change your perspective. And it was like finding out Santa Claus didn't exist for the second (laughs) time in my life. And I, I remember the last words I ever said to this individual Because they they said something to me that was just so ignorant. I just said, I'm just so grateful that I became the person that you think you are on stage. And that is what everything was for me because I never let that break me. So yeah, your your past lessons are absolutely everything. Don't try to get over them. Don't try to forget them. Make sure you're constantly reflecting on who you want to be because it's an ongoing everyday process. You don't change by reading or watching anything
0: yeah no one 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 quote that I keep repeating because this 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 i this whole subject of failure has come up over and over again in in the last few podcasts that i 've done, and one quote i don 't know whose it is or who said it, but i just I continue to say it is that there 's no such thing as failing there 's only learning, and that seems to be what exactly what you 're saying here is that you know yeah, you might fail but it 's more learning from it it's the same thing I'm trying to sort of get through with this podcast is that yeah there's struggles and there's vulnerabilities that we're going to face but rather than letting them you know beat us down and and just sort of end us we can learn something from them if we just really think about it and we think about you know what we've had to go through to get to where we are now there's huge lessons there and I mean you're already you're only sharing part of your journey and you're already showing us that there's tons of lessons that we can learn just from the know things that you went through and starting a business failing you know having to go back to the corporate world and then coming back out of it again and and being now a successful entrepreneur so would you say at this point right now that you found success and fulfillment in your life or would you say that you're still on a journey towards it
1: I don't think I'm ever going to be satisfied (laughs) Um, and I don't think I want to be I mean I'm happy every day I love the struggle. So I love the grind of working and, and creating something new, but I have way too much things that I want to accomplish to sit back and just be content or satisfied. I love my, my, my mindset. I love my effort. I love my results that I'm getting in in a lot of areas. I love my, my relationship, my family life. I love everything. I'm super happy and I'm not ever regretful or thinking that there's always going to be more and I'm never satisfied. But satisfaction comes in different forms. Am I satisfied with my day-to-day life? Yeah. But am I satisfied in a business content? No, not yet. I have lots I want to accomplish. I think when you say that you're satisfied, you lose that edge. And if that's true or not, I don't want to risk it. So I don't want to lose the edge that I have. Um, but no, I think I have a, so much to accomplish that I don't want to sit back and say that I'm satisfied just yet. But I am happy. So it's not like I'm sitting around miserable. I I love where everything's going. I just, there's so much more of it to
0: happen. Uh, And again, I I like that everybody's answers to that question are different because everybody either separates the two, puts it all together. Everybody looks at it in a different way. And one thing that sort of comes to mind when you were saying what you are saying is like one of my good friends, he has this thing that he says where, It's happiness equals success, not the other way around, because a lot of people feel like, you know, when they they reach that certain point in their life, financially, business wise, whatever, that all they're going to be the happiest person in the world. But what I took from what you said is that you got to you got to appreciate everything else that you have in your life, your family, your, your relationships, whatever it might be. And then everything else sort of comes after that. And, you know, sure, like you're you're not maybe what you consider successful in business yet but you're you know you're always going to be sort of on that journey there and and so again huge message for people I think again because you know I think a lot of us forget about a lot of those things I know I did when I started my business I put everything on the side burner except for you know what I was doing you know including my marriage you know including family relationships I just sort of said I got to be successful so you know full steam ahead and everything else sort of got forgotten about and, and I learned a lot from doing that and thankfully I you know I learned quicker than letting it all sort of blow up in my face. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> I think what's helped me is realizing there's no such thing as balance. Cause I think what throws a lot of people off is their undying need for balance. You know, they tell you you got to find balance in your relationship and your work and you can't, it's actually a myth. There's no such thing as balance. The way I look at it whatever you're doing at any given time, as long as you're giving that exact subject a hundred percent of your time, that's going to create a lot more success than you think balance will. So if I'm with my, my girlfriend, my, I try my absolute hardest to make a hundred percent of my, what I'm doing about her. But if the whole time I'm thinking about work, I'm now failing her and I'm also failing work. So there's no balance in that whatsoever because I'm not giving attention to anything. And I still make those mistakes. Um, when I'm at work, if I'm distracted by a million things at home, I can't be a hundred percent at my job. And I can't be 100% of my problems. So I think there's no such thing as balance, but I think there's a lack of focus. And I think when you're 100% on a subject, because the way I always looked at it is anytime I do an interview or anybody that ever works for my company, I always ask them, you know, I have rules for working with. Them. And one of the rules uh, to work with me is that as long as when you're with me, you give me 100% of your focus, I'll give you 100% of my time to train, develop, mentor, and coach you you give me 99%, I give you zero. And the reason I say that is because if you look at any other area of life, 99% is really respectable. If you left university with an overall of 99%, I don't know how they grade in university, (laughs) 99%, your family and people are going to be proud. But when you change the context, for instance, if you come home and you look at your spouse in the eye and say, you're so beautiful, you're going to love the fact, honey, that I was 99% faithful to you today. (laughs) <laughs> that gives a lot of the context. Uh that's great. What's that 1% really though? Uh so I always look at it like that. So if you're not 100% with me when we're working, you're cheating on me. So uh and it it has worked in most cases and uh the ones that don't they never make it anyway. So I don't put a lot of time into it.
0: No, I've never thought about it that way, to be completely honest, but it does make a lot of sense. I mean, that's it's literally what I had to do. I had to step back and put 100% into my marriage to get it back to where it's at now. And now there's that. There, the other thing I think I found out is that now there's more of a respect for when I want to do other things she understands a lot better before you know when I when I lost my job I just sort of went off and tried to do everything I was going to network events I was trying to speak I was starting my business I was doing all these different things but it was a lot about me and just yeah. focusing on me and now that I you know I'm able to have that stronger relationship with her and be more not be so afraid to be so open and share things with her it, it makes everything a lot easier like you know, I tell her, you know, I got this podcast and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. She doesn't, you know, say, oh, but you didn't spend any time with me because she knows that like when it's my me and her time that that, like you said, I'm going to be 100 percent there. It's going to be us and we're going to have our time together. But yeah. when it's time for me to go off and record an episode, edit, whatever it is, you know, that she just lets me do it and she does her thing. And, and you know, whereas before it was sort of like a guessing game, like what's he doing today <laughs> because I was just sort of all over the place.
1: I get it. I was there too. And that's why communication is really effective. And obviously a full understanding, you know, enrolling people into your vision and, and what you're achieving, because my girlfriend's super ambitious. She has a a really good mindset for this. But if she didn't think that I was doing anything towards anything, it's very hard for them to support that, Mm -hmm. you know, so if they just think, oh, he's having fun doing podcasts or (laughs) Oh, he's doing another interview or another meeting. Like they just think I'm just out there playing business. Yeah, they don't realize like there's a bigger vision and a goal for this. So I realize that you know getting them involved and enrolling them in what you're doing definitely helps, and communication is key. And I still screw it up. Like it, it's it's not a hundred percent, but you know it's something that I'm aware of, and I you've got to work towards.
0: No, for sure. I think life is is a constant learning lesson. I don't think we're ever going to figure it out at all. I, I, and if anybody tells you they have, they're probably full of it. Like you said before.
1: <laughs> Project 599 to teach you how.
0: <laughs> so, so throughout this episode, you've given a ton, a ton of great takeaways. I mean, if I were to sit back and listen to this one, I could probably take a page full of notes. Um, but if you could give our guests three key takeaways, three things that they could walk away from this episode and implement in their own life, in their own business, whatever it might be from your journey and from things that you've been through, what would you say those three key takeaways would be?
1: I would take as much time away from your business as possible to really understand you first. Because a lot of times we start businesses based on what we think will make us money. We start businesses based on trends and, and things, but we're not true and authentic to ourselves. So first off, ask yourself, are you a true reflection of, of the person you're trying to sell? And if the answer is no, don't worry about what anyone thinks, start over. Because your business will hit a certain stage that you are not able to keep up with because it's not who you are. So being true to yourself, I think, is the best one. Um, if you lack patience, you better not lack persistency, because patience as is a key to so much. And if you don't have it, you better be so persistent that it doesn't matter if you do or don't. Because if you don't have persistency or patience, none of this is going to work out for you. And make sure you understand that if you're going to choose to men- get mentored by someone, if you're going to choose uh, to get coached by someone, don't do it based on the words that they're saying find out what you need and find and seek somebody who has either achieved that or been through that. Listen, you can learn more from a garbage man than you can from a, a weekend coach warrior who is now a boss babe. Like, do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like no offense yeah. to anyone, just be authentic. Yeah. I just think that you have to really make a decision to say, this is my problem. Who here has personally gone through this problem? I want to talk to them. So look for mentors in un- unconventional ways. Hmm. I would say Interesting. Those are my, my three takeaways.
0: No, no, the last one there uh really sort of hit me because I I I've you know sort of you know been one of those people in the last little while that's looked for coaches in the more conventional way you know you see the programs you see the this you see the that and you're like well this person looks fairly successful let me uh pay money and sign up for their program whereas what you're saying i think is where i'm finally coming to now i mean i've reached out to you recently asking if we can go for lunch because yeah, i know that great. you know from what i have followed uh, over the last little while that i've known you I've seen something that can definitely help me and so if I can get a few minutes of your time and you know it cost me a lunch or whatever I I'm definitely down because like you're saying it's I think it's those unconventional ways that maybe are going to help us more than spending 599 on that program. So And listen uh,
1: coaches out there please do your best you got to start somewhere I get it but achieve something and then teach people about that achievement because there are a lot of great coaches and I think they're all getting pushed into like one box. And the people that do sell those packages and those courses with those generic responses, all they did was, was learn how to bottle human emotion. They understand people. And if you have a pain point, and that pain point is shared by a lot of people, my job is just to give you the perception that I found the cure to that pain point. Because people buy for two reasons and two reasons only. And I swear you can sell every sales book you have if you understand this. And it's to satisfy a want or to, or to solve a problem. As long as you're doing one or two of those things, or both of those things, people will almost buy anything. Mm. And if you can use that information for good or for evil, and that's uh, that's where the, the 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 dilemma lies is there's you don't know who's using it for what purpose. That's why finding someone who's not a, a conventional coach, but just has a lot of knowledge in one subject or has done some stuff, won't know that they have to you know charge you for this because it's not their focus every day. But if they can give back, a lot of entrepreneurs would.
0: No, again, strong point. And, and one thing that you definitely brought to mind, one thing you brought to mind while you're saying that is sort of the psychology behind this whole thing and it's I was listening to a podcast the other day where they talked about how you know these companies like Facebook and Instagram and all that they're using psychology to create their ads because then it makes it more like attractive to people and that's how they're making all their money is because they're literally going inside of our heads even though it might not seem so that's what they're doing And, and that's something that you brought to mind when you said about you know whether you're you're providing something that people want or whether you're solving a problem it's that same thing it's that psychology if you can get in somebody's head and make them think you know I've got all the answers to your problems most likely they're going to pay for it
1: (laughs) yeah I did a training for my team on um on a zoom we do a zoom every Sunday and um I had them do this example and it's 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 basically proving that point where I said take a sip of water right now so they would take a sip of water and I'd say that water is poison you have exactly 12 minutes to live and the only thing that's going to save you is what's in this little bottle I can get you at that point to do anything I want because I've introduced a timeline and I've introduced a fear into your life that all you care about is a solution. And that is the essence of sales if it's used properly. So bad sales is giving somebody that poison and then saying, I have the solution. Good sales is finding people that are poisoned and providing that solution. So there's a good and there's an evil to all of it. And I think a lot of times with a lot of these individuals that are t- training and teaching, they're introducing the fear. It's like, I had a guy that uh, he works on websites and how he actually makes money is he introduces a virus into a website and then cold calls you and say, Hey, I work on websites. Have you run into <laughs> any problems? Freaking genius, but not ethical. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> like, but kudos. Brilliant. Yeah. But I would never do that. So, I like people that are are on the constant hunt to find problems that are out there and they find solutions for those people that really need it instead of creating such a fear and and perception around something that if they don't purchase this in the next three days and 47 minutes – that you know their business is going to be bankrupt. So <laughs> I just think there's an ethical way and a non ethical way. But listen, man, go make your money, do your hustle. It's, 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 Teach right. their own.
0: <laughs> I just uh, I'm still laughing because I can't believe that that there's somebody out there that actually does that. That yeah, he puts a virus on.
1: And then just cold calls people, <laughs> and say, "Hey, I was on your website and uh, my malware reflector was going off like crazy. I thought you should know that." Then they called their web guy and they said, holy, yeah, it's infected. The guy says, I can I can fix a few for 50 bucks or 100 bucks. And he just does that all day. Some people bite, some people don't.
0: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Jeez. Well, we're, we're getting to the end here of the podcast. And um, one thing that I like to do is give all my guests an opportunity to sort of promote themselves and and what they're doing, where to find them, all that sort of stuff. Because obviously, this this episode's about you, and and you've been gracious enough to give me your time and share your story. So I want to let my listeners know who you are and where to find you and everything that you're up to. So go ahead. the floor is yours.
1: sure, i don't uh, I don't have a ton to promote. Um, but uh, I am working on some projects right now to really introduce a lot of financial education to entrepreneurs. Uh, teach them how money works. teach them how, they can, you know, make the system work for them because, as an entrepreneur, as you know, we don't have a lot of government assistance. We don't have a lot of support. Banks don't like us. Loan companies don't like us. No one likes the entrepreneurs. So, <laughs> I uh, I'm working with a lot right now to show them how to save money, how to accelerate the retirement. I'm working a lot on the finance side uh, with a lot of entrepreneurs. And anyone who listens to this podcast, reach out to me. Uh, my Instagram is Mr. Francella, uh, and uh, my Facebook is just Mario Joseph Francella. Reach out, guys. I would love to help. I don't have any agenda. I'm not selling any programs or courses. I'm just happy to help out to any listener that's on there that wants to get to the next level of their business and maybe needs a little support. I'd love to have a conversation with you. No agenda at all.
0: No and I can speak to that 110% like I said I just reached out to you you know uh, maybe a couple of months ago and asked you to come on the podcast and we finally got that scheduled and then my next question was like can we go to lunch and you were like yeah but it's going to cost you 300 bucks <laughs> which some people <laughs> honest to god some people have said I reached out to them and been like can That's we have crazy. a quick phone call and they're like yeah it's 250 an hour and I'm just like Holy cow. Like you can't even get on full with me for a few minutes to like, no, just let me ask you a couple of questions. So, uh, that's
1: insane. You don't have enough. There's no one that has that much value that that hidden secret that it's worth 250. Listen, if I can give you something to benefit your business, we don't have the same followers. We don't have the same business. It, it makes no difference. And even if we did, who cares? There's an abundance of people out there.
0: No, for sure. For we sure. We all well, should
1: be trying to win. So that's crazy.
0: Yeah, it is what it is, and then I obviously haven't paid that two hundred and fifty. So, <laughs> but like I said, it's it just amazes me. And like I said, you know, I'm I'm glad that you sort of have that mindset and that you're you're willing to to share. And and yeah, I look forward to that lunch as well when we get that scheduled. So. Absolutely, next week. Let's make awesome. it happen. No, for sure. So I just want to thank you again for, you know, taking the time to come on here today and and sharing, you know, so openly and and honestly giving away, giving such so many tips away. You know, I've done a lot of these and everybody obviously has their tips to give away, but you gave a lot. And also I found it very relatable too. I mean, when you related video games to sort of life and business, I've never heard something like that, but it honestly made a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to it as well. So, so thank you again for, for, for coming on and, and sharing and everything.
1: I think you're doing an incredible job, man. I love these podcasts and your questions were spot on and different and everyone always asks the same kind of questions. So it was refreshing to to, to just have a conversation about anything. So I appreciate everything you're doing.
0: No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. and Thank you for those kind words. I mean, it's only taken me about 40 episodes to <laughs> finally get to the point where I can do that. But, uh, but I'm glad that, that you, you were able to see that. So thanks again. And we'll talk soon.
1: All right, buddy. Take care.
0: Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and follow the podcast on Instagram at vulnerable.podcast or on Facebook and LinkedIn. You can also follow me, Brian Almeida, by searching my name on all platforms. If the podcast has impacted you in any way, I would also greatly appreciate a review. Lastly, if you know anyone with a great story of going from struggle to success, I would love to have them on. Thank you and see you next week.